Welcome to an off-the-book special of the All the Books show, recorded in quarantine. That's right. I'm at my house, Eric. Uh, Where are you? Also my house. Your house. Okay, how's that treat? My house. It's pretty good. We just bought a sideboard. What does that mean? Like a table? It's like a, it's a cabinet. Yeah, for the kitchen. Okay. To give us more cabinet kitchen storage space. Oh my gosh. If we, we've never, like since, since my wife and I have been married, we have never lived in a place where we were happy with the kitchen. They're always small. Mm -hmm never have good counter space our current kitchen is the worst i don't know who it was set up for but it was not set for human human use i can tell you that what else what else i'm eric mickles i'm nick gunning it's an off the books episode so we're not talking book news we're not talking author news what have you been up to since we talked last what did you think of uh, everybody's 80s movie pick what what did we get we had well i mean two people picking princess bride yeah we did so i was i didn't think that though knowing what i know of amanda that makes sense though she also picked return of the jedi which you did call which i called you did um and you called jessica on breakfast club so right but you had to correct me because i I thought she was going to pick a horror movie yeah she went for uh something else yeah nikki's choice was uh et E.T. Nikki chose that's, E.T., yep. that's, that's a pretty good one. Did it make you cry? Because Nikki said she cried and cried and cried. When she first watched E.T.? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I watched E.T. when I was so young. But when I showed it to my wife, because I don't think she had seen the whole thing, mm-hmm. it got me. Okay. So this would have been like in 2014. Yeah. So in 2014, last time I watched E.T., yeah, it, it choked okay, me up. Oh, crying. man. We could talk about uh, crying uh, okay. When we get to like stuff, maybe we've been watching. Sure. Okay. And I, I will remember to ask Melanie what her favorite '80s movie is. So, do you have any yeah. predictions there? Can we go with Breakfast Club again? Because that seems to be a safe pick for people working in libraries. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll put you down for a Breakfast Club. That sounds funny. okay. What have you been watching? Have you been watching anything interesting? I finished the show Halt and Catch Fire. Okay. So, I, you know, I started this in 2017, and it was only four seasons. It's only 40 episodes, mm-hmm. but. With the pace I've been watching it at, I really have watched all four seasons in chronological time. Wow. It ended, I tell you what, the turnaround from season one to season four is ridiculous. It really deserves all the most improved awards. Even from season one to season two, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Somewhere between those two seasons, are like, you know what, let's not be a madman clone. Yeah. Uh, not madman. Mm-hmm. Not a madman. Mm-hmm. I know it's plural yeah. but yeah once they decided that uh lee pace's character joe wasn't going to be a don draper mm-hmm. replica anymore the show really picked up and it started focusing on his female leads anyway i watched the last episode and there was an episode where there was a death of one of the main characters that really struck me there was one where they were like one of the characters was going through their jacket pocket the the dead friend's jacket pocket okay because they were emptying the house and they pulled out a book and in the book was a bookmark in the middle of the book (gasps) because that person had died and never finished it it just shows you the sudden anyway that's a similar plot point in uh, stephen king's bag of bones Ooh, yeah stephen yeah (laughs) um anyway i watched the last episode and uh i was shockingly moved by the last like five minutes of the whole show Interesting. Uh, i don't think i've cried at a, a last episode of a show there was cowboy bebop and then there was community uh-huh. but this is like one of those real shows that i tend not to watch mm. so i was uh, a little surprised and then i showed it to my wife who has no connection with the show whatsoever i just wanted to show her yeah. uh stuff and then while watching it again with her i had to <laughs> get up and leave the room <laughs> she's like what's wrong i'm like nothing you just found an audience (laughs) i don't really think that i've watched anything interesting to tell you about i mean we you know i i did rewatch uh star trek insurrection over the weekend yeah well uh we've been we've been rewatching the the star trek franchise movies with our friend sally jacoby murphy and her wife sarah for years now 
Are you and, still in the middle of that? <laughs> yes. Oh, I know. wow. I know. It's like we watch one every like two or three years. But um, Okay, we I thought on. this was a rewatch for you that was a new rewatch. No, no, no. Oh, no, goodness. We're still, yeah, we're still going okay. through. So I had not seen Insurrection in a long time. And uh-huh. I ended up sort of uh, liking it more than I have in the past. It's very. You watched uh, Insurrection like in 2013. Well, it's been a long time ago. Yeah. With me, with me yeah. and my wife. I know. I remember. Just married. Yeah. That that was the last time. So. You know, I think you put, I think you put Nemesis on immediately after Insurrection. I don't think we did a different day. I think mm. we just did a double movie with that That's one. That's a good way to do it. That's a lot of okay. things. A lot of things connect there, especially the Riker and Troy stuff. Um, mm. Really goes right in there. But I feel like Insurrection has a lot of character moments and it gives Riker something to do, which he didn't really have anything to do in Generations or First Contact. So in First Contact, he gets to hang out with uh, the pig farmer from Babe. No, but he's not really doing anything. He's just down <laughs> on the planet. So Having a good of, time. I sort of remember feeling like Insurrection was a lesser next-gen movie, but in uh-huh. this rewatch, I kind of, I don't know, I put it up, put it a lot higher. So that was interesting. Right. Jonathan Franks directs First Contact and Insurrection, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, but not Nemesis, and you can right. definitely see that in Nemesis. Right, yeah. So, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, I think you. at the time, Brian Singer might have tried to throw his hat in the ring for that, but oh, X-Men was still a little new, so he cameos in that. Yeah. Yes, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, take that's from that fun. what you will these days, yeah. That's funny, okay. Uh, yeah, so we watched Insurrection, and that's, uh, that's basically it. We're set to, we've been watching uh, Stranger Things Season 3 with my brother okay, yeah. uh, every Tuesday. And it's Tuesday right now as we record, so we're we're set to finish season three tonight. Were you a oh. fan? were you a fan of season three? I liked season three more than season two. Yeah, okay. yeah, they were. I've uh, been pretty satisfied the whole way around. And there was a lot of criticism on season two, but I had a good time. Yeah, I like the the, uh, but... the new character. Oh yeah, Paul Reiser, sure. Yeah, uh, I like the new character of Charlie yeah. in season three. Yeah, uh, she's been fun. I love yeah. that they're in those sailor ice cream uniforms the whole season. Yeah, that the, it's hilarious. So funny. But also just like the fact that a mall is a big deal I know. back then. Yeah, so. I know. As we're watching it, we're like, mm. at, at the point we're at in our lives right now, we, we, one, have to remember what it was like just to be in a group of people. And two, we have to mm. remember when malls were relevant. And that was yeah. A, yeah. Good, a good 10 years ago. Yep. What do you say? Jeez. Uh, I mean, I used to love going to it. Oh, yeah. But now it's just like, I don't want to go. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. I remember. Ten years. I don't know. I mean, that might be giving it a little bit too much credit still. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. So. It was big business. I mean, when I was when I was yeah. a teenager and stuff, like going to the mall for hours at a time, mm-hmm. going to the food court, you know, going Suncoast, the motion picture store. So I'm finishing Stranger Things. But other than that, uh, and, and Arrested Development, of course, I haven't really... Haven't really partaken of anything new. There is a Sydney Sydney Portier collection on the Criterion Channel. Oh, okay. So I finally watched In the Heat of the Night for the first time. Okay. My wife really liked it too because it's funnier than you think it is going to be when you go into it. Yeah. So there uh, was a, there Archie was a, Bunker. Oh, Carol, too. Carol O'Connor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. There was so. a Guess Who's Coming to Dinner reference in Arrested Development that I did not understand when I watched. Oh, really? It, like huh. in 2003. And this time I was like, ah, ha, ha, I get it. Yeah, my wife and I have seen Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and she's yeah. like, I guess we got to watch through the whole uh, series. So yeah. up next, Guess Who? Yeah, yeah. Bernie Mac and Ashley Kutcher. Kutcher. Yeah. Tower Reed. Yeah, wow. And, oh, you know, we started McMillions. Oh, you mentioned that, and I don't know what that is, so tell me about it. So it's a HBO documentary that's free right now, along with some of their HBO shows. And it's basically telling of a conspiracy that was going on with the McDonald's Monopoly game. Okay. So... 
between like I think it's 1989 and 2001, there were no legitimate real winners of the million dollar prize. Oh wow! It was all rigged, and McDonald's had no idea this was going on. And so it's the six part miniseries, just documentary explaining how the FBI gets involved and how they start trying to figure out and all the people that are involved. And uh, yeah, so all those years that me and my family were putting it on our fridge, yeah. uh, collecting all the stickers, there was no wow. chance. So That's crazy. Yeah. Is, uh, is Michael Keaton in it? He's not in it, okay. no. Right. He doesn't reprise his role. As, okay. But uh, Mark Wahlberg is an executive producer on it. Interesting. So I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes a movie at some point. But yeah. just watching it, they'll show commercials and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was, but, it was big yeah. time. He never had a chance. Time. It was like uh, that and the McRib. Whenever those things rolled into town, <laughs> McDonald's was the place to be. Do you think uh, McRibs are disgusting now? Yes. Yeah, okay. I do. I do. I mean, yes. I haven't eaten meat in a long time, but uh, <laughs> I still the McRib but I used to I mean I really would like stop everything I need a McRib yeah all, all I have left now is shamrock shakes mm. which as you'll recall I mm-hmm. did manage to get one on like the one last right before, day yeah. the world was open yeah I was like you know what I'm gonna yeah. treat, treat myself to a shamrock shake and I did it hey you might appreciate this I might. I did finally sat down and I rented Blade Runner 2049 oh my gosh and okay. I watched it alone one night Ugh. I did not like it what? and I was hoping I was going wonder to wonder of wonders I, didn't like I don't it. like I don't like the first Blade Runner no, I think I've either. talked about this before on the yeah. podcast but I thought okay maybe a new like a more modern take on that maybe I'll like it and I didn't honestly I think it's worse than the first one uh, which I mean doesn't really mean anything to yeah. a lot of people because they love the first one, but right. it is—it's weirdly and surprisingly sexist in ways that it thinks it's not being. Mm-hmm. Because the directors have been like, "Ours is the Blade Runner for today," and women still have a hard time today. I'm like, okay, but bad representation is not good representation either. Right. So mm-hmm. it was just like every female character in there. I'm like, okay, and just the the last bit of it was just like, I can't really say the last bit that left me disturbed because okay. it's a spoiler, I guess. Oh, but okay. Harrison Ford is in it for maybe the last 20, 30 minutes. Mm. He knew and what he, was up. <laughs> he was so in the marketing for all of that. Yeah. But it was also one of those things where like, as soon as the movie starts, it is a direct sequel to Blade Runner, the original. Jeez. So I can't imagine why they thought $180 million was a, the money to spend on a sequel to a cult film that bombed in yeah. theaters and has four different versions out because right. nobody like for me i've seen it but like if you hadn't you would be so lost and yeah. you wouldn't care right and it's two hours and 40 minutes long that's very strange so i and i read it because i had to believe it was bad green screen but they said it wasn't green screen in the movie that they built the sets but everything looks like it's just superimposed with I, a rear projector in the background i don't know why you do this to yourself when, uh, when, whenever this came out and it was nominated for a Hugo Award, I had seen every other nomination. And I was like, oh, you know what? I should just watch Blade Runner because then I can say that I've seen them all. And so when we talk mm-hmm. about it on the show, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I just couldn't I get, bring myself I, to do it. I was just thinking that maybe I could like a cool, smart, slower-paced sci-fi. I just don't care about Blade Runner. So yeah. two, two hours and 40 minutes of a love poem to the first Blade Runner, then yeah, I wasn't I wasn't in on it. So okay, that's a bummer. Uh, I was I was a little shocked by how much I didn't like it. I'm but, not shocked at all. I'm not shocked okay. at all. Um, I read uh, I read Kendra the first two lines or so of uh, Dune, yeah. and she thought it was oddly gripping. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope she's got a glossary handy because it's the only way to get through that book. A glossary yeah. and, and all the time in the world. I read it and uh, as soon as I saw it, she's like, was that the first line? I'm like, about the first paragraph. She's like, that's intriguing. Oh. I'm like, goodness, well, okay. enjoy. All right. So I like Dune. I hope she likes sandworms. Mm. Speaking of the Hugos a minute ago, the Nebulas are out uh, in, in May next month. So we got to get to reading. Do you, do you know anything Jeez. about the nominees so far? No. Yeah. I just... I, I know, guess you I, can do they they'd have to do it all video conferencing but yeah. I guess yeah that stuff can still happen. Yeah, I guess so. I I don't know. Oh. So, I'll put together our uh, short story PDF as I normally do so we can uh, mm. we can get in on that. But yeah, that's coming up in in the the coming months here. Playing any well, video games or anything interesting that I should know about? Uh, I played Super Meat Boy. Oh, I don't like that. Sorry. It I actually beat Super Meat Boy on the Light World and got a pretty bruise uh, on my thumb. As a reward. Yes, I saw. That's intense. Um, I played Wolfenstein the Own Blood. I played through Sonic the Hedgehog 2 mm-hmm. using some save states. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I've been playing some Rocket League and stuff. So yeah, I've been I've been busy. I've been reading comics again. And you can lot. find you can find Eric over on Twitch at Dusk versus Tweak, right? That's the name That's, of your channel. That's true. Yeah, You're watching all watching play all this stuff, screaming at the TV and stuff. Well, the problem with Meat Boy is that the mechanics are so tight and well done that I can't be mad at the game when something mm. goes wrong so i was just getting frustrated with myself yeah. but the last like level or two i was just like what do you want me to do <laughs> so but yeah. i did it it was brutal it hurt my hand i played uh tub thumping by chumbawamba through mm-hmm. some of it to get nice. through nice yeah at the end i was just like my, my right thumb just pressing that a button so much to jump yeah. it, it hurt i've been playing uh dan the man you heard of dan what? The man? no it's pretty fun no one's heard of this. What is this? What? It's like one of the most popular mobile games of all time, Eric. People have heard of it. Dan the Man? Dan the Man. Yeah, look it up. So I've been playing a lot of that. <laughs> I hear you clicking away to test Don't to, laugh. See, to see if I'm right. Oh, yeah. look at this. It's a free game. Yeah, it is. Well, I did pay the $2.99 not to have ads, so take that with a grain of salt. Still playing okay. Scrabble Go. Still playing Trexels. I have not had the urge to pick up the Xbox controller. So oh. I don't know. Mm. I just I just haven't uh, haven't been in the zone, but I have I've been sticking with mobile games and that sort of thing. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's pretty much what I've been up to. Uh yeah. should, should we get into this interview? Yeah, with Melanie. All right. Let's do it. I'm joined by my good friend Melanie Miller, director of the Box of Books over in Alfred. Melanie, how the heck are you? Great. How are you? I'm pretty good. I was curious as we were as we were leading into this, and I was looking at your Skype uh, username and all that, just trying to discern oh. some facts about your past. Um, <laughs> number one was age, which we settled, and that's fine. I am older, yeah. and I can handle that. Uh, but I wondered if, when you were a kid, if people ever called you Smelanie. You know, um, no, they did not. Really? Uh, what kind of school did you go to? Nerds? <laughs> yeah, nerd, a nerd school. Um, that checks out. Yeah, it does check out. No, nobody ever called me Smelanie. I don't, I don't think, not to my face anyway. Okay. I was just Mel, just Mel to no. everyone. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's cool, though. That's like a cool nickname. Is it? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Oh, you don't know. Oh, is it? Oh, really? Anyway. <laughs> Yes. Just smell. You know, I have such a cool name. I was the one who like gave everybody nicknames, and I don't. So I would have been Smelony. I don't think I would have given you a mean nickname. No, it was more affectionate nicknames. Um, I probably would have called you Smelony a time or two. But anyway, because I was like the nickname giver, I never really had a nickname. My college friend Jesse called me Guns sometimes because my nicknames. Oh, I like that. But it doesn't really uh, doesn't really gel with my whole thing so 
I don't know. Maybe yeah. I think it does. I think it could go. I think it could work. Okay. All right. Well, we bring it back then. That's uh, okay. That's fine. That's, we're bringing choice. it back. We're bringing back guns. Okay. How's uh, how's quarantine treating you? <sighs> Quart. Um, I hear that sigh. I hear that sigh, <laughs> and I second that sigh. <laughs> yeah. Some days are good. Some days are real good. I'm. I feel really productive, and I'm on top of things. And other days, I'm like, okay, I just want to stay in bed all day and hide. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, good. Um, it's a big adjustment, like adjusting to like working at home while yeah. managing homeschool and all of those other things. And, and it is hard not to be at the library and connecting face to face with staff and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Are you a, are you a homebody generally? I mean, are you like I, going out on the town a lot or are you mostly just hanging out? No, I'm mostly just hanging out at home. Okay. I am a homebody. Right. I love being at home. Um, the one thing I have missed the most is my sister and I are super close and we would always like try to get together a few times just, you know, to like go out to dinner, just the two of us, yeah. like once a month without kids, without husbands. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really hard not yeah. having, not having that connection, but yeah. it'll are be you, worth it. <laughs> are you the type, now I've, I've watched a lot of your, uh, your live videos from the, the box of books page. Oh God. Are you... <laughs> Do you, do you hate doing the live videos? It's hard for me. Like when I normally do story time, like I ask a lot of questions of the families and stuff. And okay. so it's hard not to have that like immediate feedback. Like, yeah, that's true. Conversationally and like when you're interacting with a child and you're like, hey, let's count these ducks together or whatever. Like I just have to pretend that they're answering. So that's yeah. kind of hard. It's it's like, like Blue's Clues. You're basically like a, the, the guy from Blue's Clues just being like, can you count? Um, Good. Yes, that's, your thing that's exactly what I am, and okay. I like your um, comparison better than my husband's. Um, my husband said I was like the new Barney. No, that doesn't gel because Barney always has kids with him. Oh, okay. He gets instant feedback from kids, so that's not a good comparison. Okay, so you, you tell well, him good. You tell Mike I said that. I'm blue. I'm Steve from Blue's Clues. Yeah, that's much better. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot like that, and that's that's been hard for me. Uh, the live videos don't aren't super. It's weird. It's awkward, but sure. I'm weird and awkward, so I feel okay. like it's a, it's it works. a perfect blend. Then that's great. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you have you set yourself up? Uh, now the answers to this question have varied. I'm always interested to hear about this, but have you set yourself up a specific workplace? Is this like when I'm in this table or or this room? I'm working. Have you done that, or are you just sort yes. of anything goes? Yeah. So, um, uh, my husband and I both have a desk. We have like a room in our house that used to be a dining room before they added on to our kitchen okay. um and so we we it's kind of like a middle like catch-all room we both have a desk in there oh, nice. and so that's my workspace but a lot of times I find myself working at my kitchen table I have big windows out here so I just stare out the window a lot nice all contemplative with a mug of coffee or something no not with coffee I'm oh. not a coffee drinker oh okay tea you like tea uh, I have water right now Okay, well, that's kind of boring, but that's... It is boring. It is fine. boring. <laughs> I, as I mentioned before, I, I set up, we have this weird back room on our house. It's like, we have a house, you know, and then at some point they decided they wanted an extra room, but it's not really, mm -hmm. like, incorporated into the house. It's almost like they built a separate little structure and then put a tiny hallway to it. So it always oh. feels like not part of the house. And so we don't use it a ton. 
And so we set that up for an, a little office for me. And I, after working back here for like a month plus now, I can confirm that there is an entire ecosystem living within the walls of this structure out back. Ooh. So every once in a while, I have to I have to turn around and sort of like bang on the walls to get <laughs> the chipmunks or whatever to like stop. Settle down. Stop having like a biodome inside there. I don't know what they're doing, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, as you know from my Facebook post, uh, my desk is very close to my basement, the basement door, yeah. and that's where the cat box is. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. So you hear some cat scratch. My cats are very regular. <laughs> well, that's good. And, and they're... Uh, <laughs> quarantine diets. What are you going to do? You know? Yeah, they're quarantine diet, But their schedule seems to coincide with my story time schedule, so oh. always... Always fun. Okay. Well, it must be something very relaxing about it for them. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, Eric and I uh, talk a little bit about what we've been reading. So uh, why don't we open up our bookmarks here and, and see what we've been up to? All right. Bookmarks. How about you? What, what, why don't you start? What has been on your list? Okay. So I'm the world's worst library professional. I had never read Anne of Green Gables before. I've never read Anne of Green Gables. So. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so I have a real, I have, there's a real hole in my reading background where there's a lot of things where like everybody's read that. And I haven't read yes, it. Yes. I so. feel the same way. I feel like maybe it's a conspiracy. Like everybody's kind of lying. Like they're all like, yeah, I read that. And they, but they really didn't. Yeah. Or maybe they like watched the movie and read like the illustrated classic, you know, and like, yes. and that doesn't really count. I've read a ton. Did you like the old illustrated classics? Did you ever read those? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I have read a lot of those, but to sit down and read the actual book. So anyway, you're reading Anne of Green Gables? Yeah, so um, yeah, so I decided to work through that series. Um, it started because my daughters and I uh, discovered Anne with an E on Netflix. Sure. And we binged the entire thing. Um, we all loved it. And I thought, oh, what a great way to like incorporate the show and some reading. So I ordered us the box set of the books and started it. And I found that it's very good for right now. Like, I can't read anything too dark right now. So Anne of Green Gables is good. So I'm on the second book now, nice. Anne of Avonlea. Okay. Yeah, because I read um, I read American Dirt. Oh, and, yeah. Ugh. Amazing, but yeah? okay, uh, heavy, heavy, yeah. So I'm trying to read more fluffy stuff right now. Okay, are you? I mean, I know Mike, your husband, likes sci-fi and all that. Are you a sci-fi or superhero kind no. of? No, you don't. No. Not, not a fan. Okay, no. all right. <laughs> nope, I, I suspected not. your response, but I was not prepared to how how much against it you were uh, yeah. when you answered that question. Well, I I only asked because my my reading has veered a lot towards reading comfort food as well yeah but mine has been like star trek books and graphic novels and okay. that sort of thing so i've been doing a lot of that i have a, almost two years ago now my brother and and a, a friend of ours graham we decided to read star trek and star wars books as like a little book club thing yeah and now we've read like 30 plus books together my friend michael joined so there's like four of us and every month we'll we alternate between star trek and star wars and like, have you have you ever tried to have like a book club in a real life, like not a work thing, just your own personal book club? No. See, because I have many a times, and it's always like one, two books, and then you can never get anything going again. Yes, my sister and I always talk about that yeah. we want to start a book club, but we've never like actually fleshed it out and yeah. got it working. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's I think because it's so simple and because they're like easy, easy breezy books to read. Somehow we've managed to just like read 30 plus books together. So that's incredible. I just finished a Star Trek book called Face of the Unknown, which is the original series. That's Captain Kirk. 
Do you know who Captain okay. Kirk is? Yes, I know oh, who Captain right. Kirk is. All right, Captain Kirk. All right, so uh, I read that, and it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, are you an audiobook fan? I am an audiobook fan, a big audiobook fan. Have you listened to any good audiobooks recently? Um, no, not recently. It's um, hard. Like it's hard when you're not. I when I'm driving. When I'm not or, driving. Yeah. Yeah. And I so I know I'm late. I'm late to the podcast game. But about a year ago, I discovered podcasts, and uh -huh. so my audiobook consumption took a nosedive yeah. after I found pod podcasts. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I listened to an audiobook of. Um, are you a Michael Crichton fan? Have you read any Michael Crichton books? Um, I read um, Jurassic Park. Okay. That's it. Didn't do it for you. Okay. Eric's a huge Crichton fan, so he's read a lot more than I have. But, uh, you know, I, I like his stuff. And I the only Michael Crichton audiobook that we had on Overdrive was Dragon Teeth. Have you heard of Dragon Teeth? Oh, yes. Yep. And this was actually very good. Like, I, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. But it's about uh, a rivalry, like paleontologists who had a rivalry in the 1800s trying to get... Dinosaur bones out of Montana, and so it reads a little bit more like a Western adventure, and I was just it it hit me just right. So that's a it's Michael Crichton's Dragon Teeth, and this is one that uh, was posthumous. Like I think his wife just sort of found it okay. in his, his archives, but um, I thought that was really good. Yeah, Jurassic Park. I remember reading after the movie came out. Yeah, I remember like wanting to read the book. Yeah, but I mean it was that, that was it. It's not my jam, but yeah, understood. More, I'm more like history. I like history, reading about history a lot. Okay. I've talked about this series so many times on this podcast, but uh, have you ever read Ken Follett's uh, Century Trilogy? I have not. I love that one. I really love that one. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, that. Have you read any Ken Follett stuff? Pillars of the Earth is what he's really known for. I don't think I have. I know okay. that we have some here at the house. Yeah. Um, I, so I think my husband has read it. He writes a lot of like espionage thrillers which i have not read any of those okay. and then pillars of the earth and its sequel are about um building a cathedral over the course of generations but the century trilogy each book in the trilogy uh, it's world war one world war two and then the cold war oh and it okay. focuses on four or five families and it goes through like you know two or three generations of each of those families through the course of these three wars and i just i think they're amazing oh, books. Wow. so if you're yeah. a I would historical probably. fiction buff you might want to check that out yeah i got a temporary subscription to marvel unlimited which means i can read all the marvel comics i want oh I know. does my husband know about this no i haven't told him you want me to <laughs> let me call him up <laughs> yeah so, you know, so no graphic novels are not your thing at all i've read graphic novels um, <laughs> like right. uh persepolis yeah, uh, yeah. persepolis uh yeah. uh there's one called i think it's called like I think it's just called Immigrant. And that was sort of a nonfiction book about yeah. immigration and super informative. Um, and it's in graphic novel form. And so I do like the format mm -hmm. and I hold, I totally support it. Like yeah. I know that some people are like, a lot of patrons yeah. sometimes are anti-graphic novel, Yeah, but I think it's a great format, so. I do too. And I, I really think the uh, the Youth Media Awards have, have done a lot to elevate it. Over yes. the last several years, nominating things and, and making it so it's like, for those people who that's really important to, you know, it's like, well, it's an award winner, so now you have to read it. So I think that's great. Yeah. Um, my son has been watching uh, every day. He's been watching uh, Draw Every Day with JJK. It's done by okay. Jared Krizaka. Do you know who that is? Uh, I don't, but okay. I've heard of it. Yeah, he wrote he wrote like Hey Kiddo is one of his big graphic yes. novels and the Lunch Lady series and all that. Um, so my son has been really loving that every day. But I've been reading a lot of Marvel comics and I just finished an Incredible Hulk run. Are you a fan of the Incredible Hulk? Uh, well, Nick, I know who the Incredible Hulk is. Well, that's is. good. 
that's good. <laughs> yes, my husband is a Marvel guy. Okay. So he's more Marvel rather than, is it DC? Is and that the other one? Look at you dropping all these See? facts. Pretty all good. right. Yeah. yeah. My work here is done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then finally, I'm listening to a Star Trek audiobook on a R2-D2 cassette player, and it's called uh, <laughs> Gulliver's Fugitives. This is the kind of nerdy stuff that happens when I don't feel like digging into something uh, oh. really heavy. So what's on your list? Has there been any books that you've been really wanting to get to that you haven't yet? The, uh, there's been a book that was on my list that I actually got um, a Lucky Day thing on uh, okay. on Libby. So I was able to read that, Dear Edward by Ann Napolitano. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is That that was super good. Super good. Okay. Um, Barnes & Noble had that picked as their, their book club of the month pick. And I've been reading a lot of those. So I plan to read it and I haven't got to it yet. So you, you recommend it? I do. What's it about? A boy that he, he's the sole survivor of a plane crash. Oh. And... Does he, he have a hatchet with him? Because that's really helpful. <laughs> unfortunately, he does not have a hatchet. And unfortunately, oh, he's uh, rescued and doesn't need to survive on his own. Oh, okay. Uh, so a little bit different. But yeah. um, it's super good. It's uh, touching. I like yeah. books that... Pull up make, the old heartstrings, sure. Yeah, pull out the old heartstrings. Yeah, okay. so that was really good. And then nice. I've just been doing Anne of Green Gables. Sure. So Your kids are digging that as well? They are digging that, yeah. And there's eight books, so I've got the next. Wow, yeah, you're, you're pretty much you're pretty much set for all your quarantine. I'm, I'm good for quarantine. Yeah. So were these are these the kind of books that you would have liked when you were in junior high? What were you What were you into back oh, in junior high? Oh my gosh, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I probably would not have appreciated them in junior high. Okay. You know, before junior high, I was a huge fan of um, the Babysitters Club. Oh yeah. And so. Whenever um, I see Babysitters Club books come across the desk now, I'm like, oh my goodness! Like it takes me right <laughs> back, and I'm like, I remember this cover, I remember yeah. this this art. So that's always fun. Yeah, well, um, that could be a graphic novel for you right there. Raina Telgemeier's been uh, yes writing yeah. new versions in graphic novels. So. She sure has. Yeah, I yeah. love it. So Babysitters uh, Club. What about music? What kind of music were you into in junior high? I can't remember. I can't. Okay. I honestly can't remember. All right. Um, I did play uh, the flute. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> do you still play the flute? I I I do. I can. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I can. I can break it out every now and then. But uh, I've been trying to get my daughter. My daughter plays the violin, uh -huh. and so I was like, "Whoa, we should do some duets." Definitely. But she she hasn't, she hasn't taken me up on that yet. I don't know why. But yeah, so probably whatever I was playing on my flute at the time. I don't know. I'm it's, it's such a <laughs> dork. Big into flute music in, in, uh, in junior high. All right, what about your, uh, who's your celebrity crush then? Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I was oh. I was at the height of that oh, JTT. Sure. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. jealous of his hair. He, he had the I cool, mean, like, long, cool hair. The bowl cut sort of like. Yeah. The long bowl cut, not yeah, the. Yeah, he rocked it. He rocked it. The thing is, though, my hair will never, I could grow my hair out for years and it would never go down. It would just oh. keep going up. Uh. Yeah, would be the tallest hair possible, so I could never do that. Yeah. Um, all right, JTT, that's respectable. That's so, great. but okay, I think it's only fair your celebrity crush. Oh, I've said it before. It was Terry Hatcher. It was oh. Terry Hatcher from uh, like Lois and Clark, the New Adventures yes. of Superman era. Terry yeah. Hatcher, most okay. definitely, and Jenny Garth from Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Okay. Yep. No, see, I never did Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Oh, can, I have a whole podcast about Nine Hundred Two One Zero. So if you, if you want to. <laughs> I do. So if you wanna, if you wanna discover it right a now, deep dive on Nick. you can do a rewatch with uh, me and my friend Kendra. Go through every episode. 
you learn things. You learn things on these off the books episodes. You sure do. Yeah. So 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 you have another podcast. I do. Yeah. Just the two. Just the yeah. two. And I heard that Eric has. Does Eric have two? He has many. So Eric does oh. one called "Is It Classic? Does It Rock?" Where they go through classic yep. rock things. He has a bad movie podcast called Three Nice Things." Three nice things, yep. Yeah, and he has a video game music remix podcast called Radio 64, which actually airs on the Angelica radio station every Monday. Really? Really? Check it out there. And, oh, and one more. He's got an X-Men podcast called Previously on X-Men. He's he's a busy guy. He's a busy guy. He is a busy guy. Yeah, I have one podcast. Do you? Tell me about it. I do have a podcast. My sister and I started it. It's called Never Found, Never Forgotten, and okay. we talk about missing persons cases. How long have you been doing this? Um, I think we we started in October, but okay. then she's abandoned me. She's abandoned me. Uh, really? Yeah, so I'm on my own. I'm a one-woman show now. Okay. And it's a lot of work. It is, yeah. A lot of work. Yeah. Uh, so I cannot imagine having more than one. I know. I don't know how he does it. So, I mean, yours must be pretty research-heavy then. Yeah. One of the cases that I was most excited about um, is a local-ish case, a kid from Addison, New York. Okay. Yeah, and I got in contact with his mom. His mom like reviewed the script for me, and wow. then we did. It was a two-part episode because um, I actually did a phone interview with her. So, oh, wow. yeah, so that was like like raising awareness about this sort of thing. Yeah, okay. raising awareness and like keeping it like keeping the attention on the cases because I feel sure. like after, after so long, you know, like the the media cycle is just so fast, and yeah. but there are still people like grieving and missing someone and i just can't imagine that pain i can't imagine the pain of missing a loved one yeah. and not knowing where they were and oh, not yeah. knowing that's, they were okay I mean, so it's, it's that's horrendous that would be the worst that would be the, the worst. worst thing the uncertainty would but is yeah. it a weekly a weekly show um yeah it's it i try to be weekly uh-huh. um when this quarantine thing hit I went for like three weeks with nothing. It was just yeah. silence for me. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't find the motive. Like I couldn't, like I was in the process of like trying to figure out working from home and balancing all of that, that yeah. I just, I didn't even, I couldn't even think about it. So yeah, I was really glad that uh, Eric and I were a few weeks ahead, like when, when we had to stop working. So it was like, we had a couple episodes like in mm-hmm. the can. So say the title again and where people can find it. Um, Never found, never forgotten. And um, you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. All right, let's get into it's National Library Week here. So let's talk a little bit about uh, yes, about yes. libraries past. Did you grow up local? Are you are you? Ready? I did. I okay. grew up in Whitesville. Okay. So super local. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Were you a big library user as a kid? Um, not so much as a kid. Um, when I got to the age, I think I was like eleven or twelve, when my mom would let me walk by myself on the mean streets walks. of Whitesville. On the main streets of Whitesville. Cool. Yeah. I just got this like West Side Story sure. like sort of yeah. <laughs> vision in my head. But yeah, so like I was 11 or 12 and I would go to, my sister and I went to the library. Uh, we got our library cards. And I think it was right around the time that the new library opened in, in Whitesville. Okay. I don't know if that dates me at all. I don't know. But, but yeah, and so we would spend uh, many summer days walking to the library, picking out. <laughs> See, I, I probably would use the computers to like research JTT facts. Sure, so. of course. I never really was a huge library user until my later years. I, I remember as a little kid going with my dad and checking out like records and coming home and like listening to Sesame Street records that we got from the library. Oh, really? I remember no. that, but I don't remember like, you know, going and checking out a ton of books outside of like I had a, you know, a paper that I had to write or something like that. It wasn't like a let's go to the library. 
situation. Yes. So, libraries then weren't really like programming heavy either, you know. No, just, that's like, true. Go and get your books and leave. So it was a different, yeah. different landscape. But yeah. So yeah, it wasn't until yeah, I was probably eleven or twelve when I started using the public library heavily. Yeah. Uh, I used my school library a lot. Um, okay. And I remember this is one of the another dorky story about me but i remember um the library back then was sort of divided into the elementary side and the high school side okay so, <laughs> um that's how it is in my mind anyway mm -hmm. and i remember my i had read almost everything on the elementary side i had sort of outgrown that and uh they wouldn't let me check out books from the other side because i think really? i was i think i was only in like fifth grade or something okay. and so my mom had to write a note like please let Melanie check out books from uh -huh. wherever she wants to check out books. How long have you been working in libraries? Um, not, so I've been at Alfred. Um, I just had my five year anniversary on April 12th. Oh, okay. Five years there. Um, and then I was at Skulls at Alfred University before that. Oh, okay. What years were you yeah. in Skulls? I was only there for six months when the job at Alfred came up. Okay. So I so left. What year was that then? 2014. Okay. All right. So 2014 into 2015. Yeah. So like years and years before that, I worked in the school's building because I, I worked in uh, I worked in a public library in Michigan all through college. And then afterwards um, I started working at uh, Herrick Memorial library. Okay. Alfred and was there for about two years. But for a lot of the time that I was there, that building was closed while they were doing a right. major renovation. And so our offices and our circulation area and all that was operating out of schools. So okay. most of the time that I worked there, um, worked at Herrick, was actually in the schools building. Interesting. But I, I had a yeah. lot of good times at that job. And I wasn't, I wasn't really familiar with Alfred before. Um, I, I got that job right out of college. Like I was a December grad and I started that job in January, like okay. fresh out of college. And so I wasn't really familiar with Alfred, but I really loved the town. Like I had a really nice time working there. And I mean, I think the food in Alfred was great. Is it still the pretty food, good food? Yeah, the food yeah. in Alfred is great. Yeah. I love Alfred. What's interesting is so my first job out of college, um, I got hired at the Alfred Montessori School. Okay. And so I was working there and then I realized that I didn't, <laughs> this is terrible. This is terrible. I realized that I didn't like children. <laughs> you know, you have a couple, right? I do. I love my own dearly. Okay. And my husband and I, we were um, engaged at the time. We had just gotten engaged and I came to him and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I think I have to be honest with you. I don't think I want children. Uh. And he was like, no, I think it's just your job. That might be too yeah. personal. No, no. But, <laughs> but so I worked in Alfred for quite some time after college. Okay. Um, and so then I sort of felt like I was coming back, like it was coming full circle. Um, I got hired at schools and um, it was wonderful there. Everyone was so supportive and amazing. And I learned so much and then got hired at the Box of Books. Were you hired right it, as, as director right from the start? Yes, I was. Did yep. you replace Jan Porter or was there somebody? I replaced Eliza. Oh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, so she was after Jan. Okay. Jan uh, Porter was on our library board for many years. Yes. Okay. And Jan still, Jan reads at the Alfred, Mo Alfred Montessori for oh, nice. it was over there. That's yeah. Great. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of like come full circle, yeah. like back to where I started. So yeah, that's interesting. But, but I love it there. It's yeah. great. Uh, do you have a favorite, like what's your favorite local hangout spot in Alfred? 
the library, of I course. I stumped you. No, I mean, like, if you're going to go, like, on a break or lunch or something, where's your, uh, where's your go-to? I love the collegiate's food. Yeah. I like a BLT when, from the collegiate. When I worked there, it was, it was before the, the fire, and so it was, yes. still, it was still in that corner space, like, right across from your library there. Yeah. So it's, it's, much, uh, it's much fancier now than it was in uh you know 2006 or whenever that was yeah so i don't remember it well i I remember like walking by it but i never ate there uh, back then well very different vibe i mean the new one is so open and has outdoor seating and stuff the the new one well new ish yeah uh, that was the sub shop oh my gosh i loved that sub shop yes i did too we would go there and get those um Spicy Stearns chicken salads. Did you ever yes. have those? Oh my gosh. No, I, the collegiate still, um, they still make them. Oh, do they? Yes. See, yes. I don't eat meat anymore. So it would just be like spicy lettuce, which I don't think. Would spicy. Be yeah. That's great. yeah. But the love, Stearns salad. Yeah. I love that sub shop. And then the terracotta used to, it used to be like a buy one, get one free sandwich on Tuesdays. And so like every Tuesday, most of the library would go down and like make sure we had even numbers, you know, so that we could do the old uh, buy one, get one free sandwich. But I still, I still love their sandwiches and coffees and that sort of thing. I do too. That's usually where I end up if I'm, uh, yeah, if I'm rolling through Alfred, that's, that's where. Yeah. It's nice because it's nice there because I feel like you can be there like by yourself Yeah. or at the collegiate, like you feel like you have to be with at least another person. I do. It's weird. You don't like to go by yourself? To, I don't really like to go by myself to a restaurant. If I do, I definitely have a book and usually headphones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ditto. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like the booths at... Uh, They're huge. Collegiate are huge. Yeah. So I feel bad taking up yeah. a whole table when there's usually like people waiting. Yeah. Every so one of those booths is bigger than the lifeboats on the Titanic. They're huge. Yeah. They're gigantic. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. You can fit a crew in there. I but... Agree. um. So I feel more comfortable yeah. eating by myself at Terracotta because, you know, you know. Yeah. Well, then, then you just look smart. You know, you're just sitting there in a yes. coffee shop reading a Scholarly. book. Scholarly. People are like, oh, she's, reading. she's got something important going on. She's probably writing poetry or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Terracotta is nice. It um, Sometimes I sort of think of it as an extension of our library because, yeah. some, like, if we need space, we'll, yeah. you know, meet upstairs or yeah. I'll have a meeting there at the Terracotta. Yeah, um, we've, we've had quite a few of our book clubs in Wellsville across the street at the Creative Arts Center. Yes. So kind of the same vibe. Yes, the Creative Arts Center. Yeah. I mentioned this only offhandedly there a minute ago, but it is Poetry Month. Are you a poetry fan? I am. Really? Uh, well, <laughs> See, I'm not, some poetry. I'm not. It's like every every month we do, or every every April I try to read a couple and we always do a couple special episodes, but it's not something that I'm like, oh, let's see what's new in poetry. <laughs> Right. Okay. Yes. So like, I love Emily Dickinson, okay. like classic, but, um, I found a new poet sort of recently, like a couple years ago, Nikita Gill. Okay. And she writes these beautiful poems. She also wrote, wrote a book. The title escapes me right now, but it's about, uh, like she sort of re envisions fairy tales, but oh, with okay. like strong female characters. <laughs> nice. That would be and, quite a change for most fairy tales. Yes, <laughs> yes, and and she writes a lot of poetry, and um, I can't do like the abstract poetry. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. where I can't figure out what exactly they're talking about. Yeah, I have to have some sort of context going into it. But yes, yeah. So Nikita Gill, she's I really like her. I've read a lot of Joyce Carol Oates poetry. 
I started reading that like every year since she's since she visited the library. Uh, so I just read one of hers called um, Angel Fire, which was also pretty good. And we we usually do an episode on one of the one of the novels in verse. So this year we did Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds, which was a great. Oh book. yes, very. Good. I I don't think I've read that one yet, yeah. but I love Jason Reynolds. Yeah, it was really good. I, I had only I read his uh, Miles Morales Spider Man book and didn't really like it, so I okay. I didn't really like check out his other stuff, but. Um, yeah, we, we did that for this, and we all, uh, Eric and then Malik, who works at the library, always joins us for these episodes, and we all just loved it. So, yeah, it was, it was Yeah, I love, I love novels in verse. Yeah. Like, I really like that. That's, yeah. I'm like, what, it takes a skilled writer to do that, I think. We we, we did one on Kwame Alexander's uh, crossover a few years back. Have you read his yep. books? Yep. Yeah. Eric always takes those books when we do uh, book clubs with ICS. He always takes those Kwame Alexander books. Um, because the kids always seem to really like them. And one time uh, it really upset the girl because there's some death in the book and everything. And we ran into Kwame Alexander at the ALA conference and Eric told that story. And Kwame Alexander was like, get your phone out. I'm going to record a video. And he recorded a video for this girl who, uh, you know, his teenage girl who was regular at the library and was like, I'm sorry the book made you sad. And, you know, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. It was really like personal video for her that was just, it was such a cool thing. So that made That's me appreciate so his work even more because he seemed like such a cool guy. Yeah. So you mentioned Joyce Carol Oates. Let's talk yeah. about Joyce Carol Oates. Because okay. did you ask Pauline this question? You asked Pauline if she was a Joyce Carol Oates fan? I did, yeah. Yeah. So I'm a fan of Joyce Carol Oates. Okay. I bought her a tuna <laughs> sandwich once. I don't know if I ever... Yes, you did tell me that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't usually tell people, so. You did tell me that because, so I came to, when when she visited the Wellsville Library a couple years ago, Yeah, I was there in the audience. Okay. She signed my book. Uh, there's a picture of you, Joyce, and I. Really? And me being super dorky. Okay. Uh, and excited and fangirling. But, um, yeah, so Joyce Carol Oates, um, I can't, I in the podcast with Pauline, you said that like in preparation for um, her coming, you yeah. read like all of her stuff back to back. I read a ton of her stuff in that year. Yeah. <laughs> Mud woman, Mud woman is one that has stuck with me the most because that is a truly upsetting book. I don't think I've read that one. Yeah. Well, there is, there's an audiobook of that. The audiobook is great, but it is definitely one that just messes with your mind. Yeah. So I, I have to, I have mad respect for you that you were able to do that because I can only read like one Joyce Carol Oates book. Um, well, that's what I would do now. I reading, reading so many back to back, but I'll tell you, I mean, it really did pay off because I was able to talk to her about, you know, a lot of everything. stuff. So I was glad yeah. that I was glad that I did that, but it was a hard, it was a hard time. Yeah. What's her newest book called? Um, uh, there was, there was a hazards of time travel, but I think there's one after that. There's one after that. Yep. Okay. My wife is currently reading Carthage, which I haven't read. So Carthage was pretty good. I liked okay. that one. Um, Carthage Carthage is what she was writing when she was in Wellsville. So she wrote some of that right in time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's good to know. I'm trying to find a list of her books to yeah. try. There's a million of them. There's a million of them. I love, she's got some YA books that are really good, too, like Freaky Green Eyes, I think is a great Freaky book. Freaky Green Eyes is great. Yeah. I'm trying to find this book. Yeah, there was one anyhow. Um, but I found, I did not find that one very enjoyable. I thought oh. I would. I wanted to. Um, but so yeah. I find that happens with her books a lot. Like oh, I'll yes. be really excited for it and I want to like it more than I do. So I say I'm a huge fan, but it's sort of like a love-hate relationship that Agreed. I have. Agreed. You know, I think usually, 
I think it's just more that I have respect for her as a writer. Yes, absolutely. I think that I think it's probably honestly, it's probably 60 40 that I don't particularly like the book, but I always, I always appreciate them. Like it's always, it's always an experience. Yeah. So I just said to one of my staff members, um, she knows that I like Joyce Carol Oates and, uh, my life is a rat. That was the one. Okay. I wanted to like it way more than it was, than I did. And it had so much potential I felt, but it fell short for me. But I said to her, I said, I, I, I constantly say I'm a Joyce Carol Oates fan, but I'm finding that I don't really like many of her books. Blonde but is I think, I think you, I think you nailed it on the head though. Like you have respect for her as an author and a writer. And, uh, I don't know that I've ever left a Joyce Carol Oates book feeling like better. You know what I mean? Like, right. they're, <laughs> right. they're uh, yeah. I mean, they just, they're, they're intense, but I think blonde is really exceptional. If you have it. Blonde read. is amazing. Yeah. Just um, start I, to finish. Eric's favorite is uh, Jack of spades. Did you ever read that one? Oh no, I have not. That's a, so. That's a really cool one. That is about a, a man who writes, kind of like a James Patterson esque, you know, easy thriller kind of books. But then okay. he has this dark persona called Jack of Spades, who writes really dark horror kind of stuff. Ooh. And he hides that from everyone, from his family and everything. Doesn't know that he has this dark persona. And somebody takes him to court about those other books, and it sort of threatens to expose that he's also Jack of Spades. And it really, oh, it really unhinges him. And it's just, uh, it's a quick read. It's a good Halloween book, but it is, it's one of her more powerful books, I think, probably because it is short, and a lot of them are are not. Yeah. But that, and uh, she has one called "I'll Take You There," which yep. have you read that one? Yes, yes. And see that I like one, that one a lot. I, I largely didn't like while I was reading it, but the way she resolves it in the end sort of gave me a, a better appreciation for the book, like retroactively. So right, yeah. right, yeah. I fi- yeah, I find that uh, with a lot of her books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, Blonde is probably one of my favorites by her, yeah. only because she's able to take something like, you know, it's not a biography of Marilyn, right. but. But you, you can also see feel, the research. You can see how close yes. it is to being a biography. Yes, you know? and you can really feel for Marilyn as a person. It is. There's something about that book that just doesn't have any walls. It just feels like you're right inside, uh, yes. just experiencing everything that's going on. And of course, I mean, we were the Mulvaneys. I think is beloved well, that's for, a for good reason. You know, I think yes, deserves yeah, that. yes. I yeah, that was my first ever Joyce Carol Oates book. That's a good starter. It is a good starter, but I recent, uh, I read, um, my sister, my love. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't read that one. That one's like sort of loosely based on John Benet Ramsey. Oh, okay. And her brother. And that was, I felt like that was sort of up there with blonde, like that she sort of opened up that whole situation and you could feel for the different people like where you know like the john benet ramsey like everybody has these preconceived ideas of the family and stuff and so that kind of um that was interesting it was very interesting i think that she she has a really unique way of leaning into the ugliness of the world yeah um where i think a lot of writers touch on that but then get out of there quickly i think she it's like she she gets to the ugly part and then just pushes stays right, there. It just pushes yeah. right through it you know talks about it so much that it, you kind of come out the other side rather than backing away from it you have to like the only way out is through you know through it yeah yeah so yeah 
I guess we should just start a Joyce Carol Oates podcast. Maybe. We'll just do a spinoff where we just talk about Joyce Carol Oates. Joyce Carol Oates books, like, and how depressed we are. We, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We need... yeah, I don't recommend a Joyce Carol Oates book binge during quarantine. No, so absolutely not. Yeah. Have yeah. you been doing things in quarantine to uh, cheer yourself up? Have you got any new hobbies or projects you're working um, on? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me this question. Nick, do you want to know the dorkiest thing that I'm doing right now? I absolutely do, yes. Okay, so um, I have um, a work iPad, an iPad from work, okay. and uh, on there I am playing so many games of words with friends against oh, the iPad. So against like the I'm iPad. not even playing. Yeah, I'm not oh. even playing with friends. Okay. I'm playing against the iPad. Okay. But here's the thing: this is so dorky of me. So I realized you could put it on different modes. You can make it easy, yeah. medium, hard, extra hard. On the regular, normal level, I can beat the iPad every single time. Okay. So my goal was I need to consistently, every time, beat the iPad on hard. <laughs> okay. And then I'll work my way up to extra hard. This has a making of a Joyce Carol Oates novel where you, yes. where you get so obsessed with this that you I start to go crazy. Mess. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Scrabble Go. So okay. Similar, but I mostly just play with friends. I haven't yeah. done like I, I've done a few of like the solo tournaments, but I mostly just like playing with with people. So here's I, what I don't. Here's what I don't like about playing with people. Yes. <laughs> pressure? Do you feel pressure to have good words? No, I don't feel pressure. I get really annoyed when they take too long to make a move. Oh sure. Well, that's why you got to have five or six games going at once. You just kind of cycle through. Well, see the iPad. He plays instantly, so okay. like I'm right back there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, you prefer the company of machines. Got it. And yet you're not a sci-fi fan, so that's interesting. <laughs> Maybe. What about, uh, what about movies or TV shows? Anything like that that you've been getting into? So we, so me and my girls watched, uh, we watched Anne with an E. Sure, we love yeah. that. Uh-huh. Um, so my husband and I always try to pick a show that we watch together. Nice. Um, so we watched Downton Abbey that way. Okay. Um, but during quarantine, we were watching Mad Men. Oh, I loved Mad Men. Do you? Yes. Okay, so we're only on season one. Okay. No, oh, I think we just started season two. Let the me other. tell you everything that happened. So Don, just kidding. Does he stop being <laughs> such a? Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I plead the like, fifth on that one. This man is so awful. He just awful. lies to he just lies to everybody all the time. Lies to everyone, and so my husband often jokes about it when we're watching it that. Um, this is not the show for me to watch during quarantine. Yeah. It's, but it's, it is a good show. It's a great show. Oh, and yeah. I love, um, so mid-century modern furniture and mm. the whole aesthetic I love. And so I love watching the show and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that painting or, oh my gosh, look at that chair. The production design <laughs> on that show is amazing. I mean, they just amazing. don't, they don't miss a trick. You know, every, no. everything is exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a that's an excellent show, and I think it stays pretty consistent throughout oh, throughout the run. I I think it definitely has its peaks, but I don't think there's ever a time when you're like, oh my gosh, just get on with it. So that's I, fun. I, I really like the character development of Peggy. Yeah. Um, that's yes. been good. And so I was hoping for some character development for Don. Yeah. But so far, nothing. Okay, hang in there. Hang okay. In there. We've That's what been, another friend of ours said. Yeah, hey. we've been revisiting uh, another, like, kind of a contemporary of Mad Men. We've been watching through Arrested Development, trying to catch up with uh, 
season five, which I've never seen. Nope, I've never seen Arrested Development. Oh, that's a, that'd be a good quarantine show for you. I think that holds up really well. I'm a huge fan of The Office, okay. and every night um, as I go to sleep, I watch The Office. Wow. Um, so I've gone. So how Phil says that he's gone to less than a hundred, more than fifty fish concerts. I've seen The Office less than a hundred, but more than fifty times. Wow. All the way through. And it's my, like, it's so comforting to me. Like, so, like, when the world is falling apart, I just turn on The Office. And, like, sometimes I'll even be, like, I'm going upstairs to watch The Office. And, like, my family knows, like, mom needs a minute. (laughs) That's funny. My my friend Kendra, who does the 90210 podcast with me, is the exact same way. There's never a time when she's not currently in the middle of watching The Office. Yes, I'm the same way. She's watching um, The Office, and then she takes breaks to, like, eat and go to work and stuff. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> she's watching The Office. She's probably watching it right now, honestly. I can text her and find out, but I, th- I bet she is. I, I literally, like, will finish the last season and then, like, start right back over. And How about The British Office? Have you ever given that a shot? You know, I have not. Mm-hmm. I have not. But I am listening to The Office Ladies podcast. So is Kendra. <laughs> Is she loving it? She is. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So I am too. I'm like obsessed. Yeah. Um, but uh, when they talk about season one um, and do the rewatch, they make a lot of references to the British office yeah. and different nods they sort of give to the British office yeah. in their in their show. So season one of, of the American version is very close to season one of the British, especially the pilot yes. is, is very, very yes. close. I think the thing with that that's hard if you're a fan of the regular office to try, you know, the U.S. office, to try to go watch the original, it's a lot more mean-spirited, you know. Like okay. The, the way that the the Jim character, who's Tim in, in the U.K., picks on Gareth, who's Dwight, uh, is, is much more mean than, than okay. the Jim-Dwight dynamic. And it sort of, it gets through that. I, I mean, I do think it's worth a watch. I think it's... Uh, Interesting. I'm yeah. going to have to watch it. I do like Parks and Rec. Yeah, um, I like Parks and Rec, yeah. I, I, I've watched that, um, but The Office is, like, my go-to, sure. like, art. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so every night as I'm falling asleep, I'll be watching The Office. Mm. Wow, okay. Yeah. There, there's no other, I mean, I always loved when they did the, uh, when they did the, like, the, um, the webisodes and stuff. I think those are pretty quality, too. Have you watched all those? I don't think I have, Nick. Oh, okay. Well, there's. There, you can get them all on a disc if you look it up. I can't remember what it's called, but you can um, – I don't know if they're on, like, streaming, but you can get a disc of all of the, like, webisodes that they made. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, they're pretty good. There's, like – there's one where the it's the accountants, and it's, like, Oscar and Angela <laughs> and yes. uh, Kevin are trying to figure out where missing money went. And... They talk about this on the Office Ladies podcast. Yeah, yeah. And – um, so I've been going online and watching the bloopers yeah. because they don't have those on Netflix. Yeah. I, you know, we have the whole, we have the whole series on DVD, which I'm really glad we do because the bonus features are just, the I mean, bonus they're, features, yes. they're so good. They're so good. Okay. I, you should get those webisodes. Uh, it's, it's like a nice little mini season of the office that, uh, you haven't seen a hundred times. So, well now I'm know what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah I guess Got so. day laid out for me. Yeah. What, uh. Give me some of the movies in your top ten. You don't have to give me all ten, but just give me a couple. Nick, here's the thing. I'm not a movie watcher. Interesting. I am, by that I mean not interesting. But Yeah, I am the... not I am not a movie watcher. I okay. don't know why. Um, my husband is a huge movie watcher and like last year he did this thing where it was his goal to watch a hundred movies in I the year. I remember that. 
I remember him oh, talking yeah, yeah. about that at Rotary. Yeah. Yeah. And so he is a huge movie watcher. Um, during this quarantine, he did. So you guys have... are a really opposites attract kind of situation. We are. Right? <laughs> yes. He's the sci-fi movie guy. Yeah. I'm the book yeah. nerd. He's know. also very tall and, and you're short. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, over quarantine, over this quarantine, we did watch um, Twelve Angry Men. Oh, I love uh, that! Yeah, which I loved. I, I absolutely loved that. I've always and, wanted to do that play, but getting oh, twelve like willing, talented male actors to do that is basically impossible. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, the play is great as well. That was really good. I was really glad that I let him convince okay. me to watch that. Yes. Um, he's always trying to get me to watch movies. We did re- recently watch um, Knives Out. Yeah. Okay. Which was it, which was fun. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, it was fun. We were just talking about that last week with uh, the library staff. Yeah, everybody liked that. But yeah, not. Um, I'm not, not a, a movie, movie watcher. Fan. Okay. All no. right. Well, no, I'm a dork. I'm too busy playing Scrabble against I, my iPad. I guess so. Yeah. You got your your robotic uh, words with friends tournament. And you don't have time for anything else. So I guess I I can't. The question we've been asking everybody is their favorite '80s movie. So I guess I can't really ask. You no. This, but... Okay, you can ask me this because oh, okay. I do love. I do. Um, Pretty in Pink. Like I'm totally Molly Ringwald. Okay. Fan all, all right. the way. Yeah. All right. Pretty so, in Pink. Breakfast Club. Yeah. Any of those '80s movies. I. Oh, do you know what my all time? Okay, I think this is an '80s movie. All right. Um, I'll fact but, check you. Footloose. Oh, Footloose. Yeah. Well, that's definitely '80s. That's yeah, 1984. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Little see, Kevin Bacon so footloose. Many, yep. So many good things came out of the eighties. I guess 84. so. I guess so. That's me, the time. That me the and time. footloose. Yep, just the two of you. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that, that's like my all-time eighties movie. Yeah. Footloose. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's a solid pick. It's been this is this question I feel like has provided a, a unique insight to everybody I've asked it to because nobody has really repeated a movie and I'm always like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. So uh, it's a it's interesting. A, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Are you excited about Top Gun 2 while we're on the, on the topic? You know, you know, Nick, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. I, Top Gun 1, yes. like, is that Tom Cruise? It's Tom Cruise, yeah. Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, Anthony Edwards. Meg no, Ryan, I've never, also Meg Ryan. I've never watched it. What about Joe versus the Volcano, speaking of Meg Ryan? Have you ever seen that? No. I love it. We just rewatched it. I, I love all those movies with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, but Joe versus the Volcano is such a weird, it feels like you're watching a play, and it's just such a weird movie. That uh, okay. I like it. I've seen it. A bunch. I'll give it. A- I think you should. We just rewatched it, and it, uh, I think it holds up. But it's definitely one that's to be experienced. You know what I mean? It's not like action packed or anything like that. It's just you got to sort of soak in the weirdness of it. So that's my okay. uh, that's my I'll, plug for. I'll Joe give that a Volcano. try. Okay. I'll give right. it a try. I'll report back. I think I think that's I think that's wise. Well, Melanie, thanks so much for uh, joining me today on this uh, crazy episode of the All the Book Show. Yeah, you're welcome. Did you have fun? I did. Did you learn some things about yourself during this episode? Uh, no, I already okay. knew that right. I was a dog. Cool. All right, that's that's fine. That's fine. All right. Well, you know, uh, stay sane, and uh, hopefully, we'll get back to work uh, in our actual building sometime. Yay. fun <laughs> is it a little cheap that she says both breakfast club and pretty in pink it's it's a little bit of a cheat but i really i think it was uh, i think she was sort of choosing molly ringwald uh, mm. and so you know which version of molly ringwald does she like at the moment is but... our pretty in pink and breakfast club the same director 
I think those are both John Hughes. Yeah, and Pretty in Pink is funny because he sort of went back with some kind of wonderful and um, made the ending the way that he wanted it to be. So some kind of wonderful is kind of a retake of Pretty in Pink that shows the director's real vision, which I think is kind of mm. interesting. Okay. So I don't know anything about this Brat Pack I, I like, uh, film I like, verse. Yeah, I mean, I like the Brat Club, Brat Pack, like, era. Net- Netflix was trying to get me to watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and I'm like, with my dying breath, I will not watch Ferris really? Bueller. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think Ferris Bueller might hold up enough. I think you might enjoy that. Mm. I don't know. You're so hard mm. to predict. I, I, I really don't know. <laughs> uh, that's true. I just watched Police Academy, and I hated it. Yeah. Well, so. listen, as I was saying to uh, your wife, Kendra, on another podcast, the one, one of right. the ones Melanie and I were talking about, 902 and here we go, right. um, nobody likes Police Academy 1. Okay. That's just a, that's an established fact. You really, you got to get into it before they get fun. My favorite is Citizens on Patrol. Which one is that? Four? I think it's four. Three? I think it's four. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Two, three, well, four. Two, three, four is really like the zone that you want to be in. All six are on Netflix. Yeah. All seven. Yep. And you, did you ever get through Mad Men? I, I feel like you didn't. I can't remember where I am. Somewhere either, either I finished season two and started season three or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it. It was just uh, depressing, and yeah. I didn't need that in my life at the time. Yeah, so. well, I mean, just I don't want to give any. I won't give any spoilers now, but you know, to yeah. Melody's point, that she hopes that you get some, you get some more character development from Don Draper. I remember you saying something similar along the way. So, but Don, maybe much like Lee Pace and Halton Catch Fire, maybe maybe <laughs> something will happen with the Don Draper. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't remember my feelings, but I think my problem was just. I didn't like any of the characters mm. on Mad Men. They were all just like, they all just, I mean, yes, they're complicated, yeah. but so many of them were just like bad people or just, they just did a lot of bad things. That's true. What, and what so I, it's like, you can watch them talk about advertising for five minutes and then cheat on their wives for 95 yeah. minutes. And I don't know why well, I said this was a hundred minutes long. Episode. <laughs> for me, I think that like, even though, even though you're absolutely right, that it was like mostly bad people, I thought that all of the actors managed to bring some, yeah. some level of like humanity that made you, want them to be better you know it wasn't just a straight for me at least it was never like i just hate this character it was like be better i know you can be better don Mm -hmm. you know listen that's that's how i felt uh i mean i already talked about it but if you are interested not just you nick i'm talking to the listeners oh all of our listeners what i don't really know if you maybe maybe melanie depending on uh okay yeah, it's not a movie, right? Because she's not. It's a show. Oh, it's a show. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I do recommend *Halt and Catch Fire*. Okay. It's only four seasons. The first season is a little rough, but it was still uh, an entertaining watch for them. Is this what is this a Netflix original? What is this? No, this was an a- AMC. AMC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I watched it because I like the I like the early '80s, '90s tech industry kind of side of yeah. the things they were going for. But it really does just become about people and how they. Uh, constantly make the mistakes that kind of divide them Hmm. from the people they want to be with people being changed and affected by the technology at Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's uh, apparently I didn't know this, but it's on a whole bunch of lists of like best shows of the past decade, but it was just a very quiet and low rated show. Yeah. So I I don't know. I think it is on Netflix now though. Yeah, it is on Netflix. And because I've only watched, I wouldn't say from what I've seen of Mad Men, I think the comparison really is just they wanted Joe McMillan to be Don Draper. But I okay. think a lot of people wanted all their characters to be oh, Don sure. Draper. In that, this, like, mysterious anti-hero. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. What about Anna Green Gables? Are you a fan of Anna Green Gables? <laughs> I haven't seen or read a thing of it. Really? Nothing? 
Nothing. Because you were you were you loved Little House on the Prairie, didn't you? I did like the Little House on the Prairie books when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Well, I see. That seems like a, no. sort of a natural transition, but you never did. Hmm. No. Okay. All right. I guess I went towards like the hatchet and uh, my side of the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. But no, I've never. Didn't they just do a new version of Anna Green Gables? Yeah, that's what she was talking about. That's what that Anne with an E is. That's the, that's the newest one. Yeah. Okay. I guess I feel like maybe there's always a new Anna Green Gables coming that's out. That's true. There's an Anne of Green Gables, so. much like there's a Sean Astin for every generation. There's an Anne of Green Gables sure. yeah. for every generation. You know, it always surprises me when people say they're not a movie person, but also. I worked in libraries, and I uh, I haven't picked up a book during this quarantine. Oh, really? <laughs> Once. I, <laughs> That's funny. It's just like the one thing I have not been able to do. I just put all – I kind of reorganized my books around yeah. so that one shelf is now all the books, all my sci-fi books I still have to read. Okay. And I was like, nice, now I'm going to start reading. And then I just picked no. up a comic book. No. What did you think of the fact that now I have Marvel Unlimited? I can't believe we went this long without talking about it. That's true. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I mean, the first thing you texted me was like, I hate the interface. Well, I so. do hate the interface. I do hate the interface because you're always it, – it does not give you the freedom to search how I want you to search. But that Hulk run that I was talking about, the uh, World War Hulks, the one I just finished, mm -hmm. I literally started that in like 2012. I know. Yeah, and I was there. Got to, got to a point where I was like, I don't, I don't know where this goes. I don't know how to follow this. And mm -hmm. uh, eventually just uh, dropped out of it because they were too new for me to be getting interlibrary loans. So it was like I had yeah. to buy them and it was just too mm -hmm. much. But with your help, I finished that whole uh, nice. Fall of Hulks to World War Hulks yeah. saga. So Gosh. now I can just follow Red Hulk for a while. That should be fun. Yeah, sure. And I'm going to finish that uh, Unstoppable Wasp that I started. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. A lot of good stuff. You should read that uh... – you like that? What's his name? Chip yeah. Zdarsky. I was just gonna say, yeah, yeah. Chip Zdarsky's uh, Spider-Man. What's it called? Life and Times. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's in my library too. So I definitely nice. have to get to that. And that's how I've been reading all my uh, all my stuff, all yeah. my excellence. And uh, I've been reading some Daredevil and Punisher. Yeah. So I still want to read that. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, but that uh, that Punisher run that was done by the the. Um, oh yeah. Whoever did Black Widow. Uh, Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think we'll talk yeah. about that in the Animorphs episode. Are you excited? That the, the Animorphs episode is finally going to see the light of day. Are you excited? Finally, about that? yes. Maybe now we can bring back the Animorphs. Maybe we can. I wonder if that graphic novel is going to get delayed now. I don't know. It's it's October. Yeah. So it's probably not. It's probably fine. No. As far as I can tell, so far it hasn't really affected the publishing world so much. I mean, we're continuing to place orders and get things in so that we're ready. You know, right. whenever the yeah. doors open. So sure. I don't see any reason to think that it would be uh, it would be delayed. I do have tickets to Vampire Weekend in J June, and I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. that yeah, any, you're not going any to see day Vampire now Weekend. they're going to tell no. me that's a no. I'm just I was excited for the uh, Matchbox Twenty uh, Wallflowers yes. tour. Yeah, I'm sure too. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, when things get back to normal, they'll uh, they'll redo that as opposed to just be like, nah, it didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Bummer. Yeah. I mean, usually they reschedule all this stuff. You know, yeah. when when smaller things happen now, it's like rescheduling the whole world. Mm -hmm. But yeah. all right. Well, do you have any uh, lofty goals about getting back into reading? Is there a book that you have your uh, your sights set on? I don't know. Yeah, it really is just like find the right book. Yeah, uh, I have to find something that like when I because I tried getting back into the uh, the wise man's fear. And I just, I think that's my problem. I was like, I, I've got all this time. I'm going to do this. And then I just couldn't. Yeah. Well, um, like, I mean, like like I was saying to Mel, it's like I, I sort of stayed away from things that are heavy or difficult and have been yeah. on a steady diet of like Star Trek and Murder, She My Road, wife is killing novels, it. She's been know. reading, she's read like three different serial killer <laughs> yeah. uh, books in the past she's like week. She's a role, yeah. Yeah. I did watch the first episode of the Spider-Man animated series of the 90s last night. Fun. 
I so that. I love that. I, I couldn't sleep. I could. I don't have a sitcom to watch by myself right now. So yeah. I just put that on. I was like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's not great. That's true. I thought you. So, were gonna, I thought you were quoting the Holly Berry Catwoman movie for a minute. There. Sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's bad. Yeah. But only when it wants That's to be. That's right. You That's know right. what? It's happy, true though. Happy 80th anniversary to Catwoman too. Well, the, uh, we're on the topic. Sometimes in that '90s show, the animation is like kind of impressive, and then other times it's like somebody just threw paint at the wall and then knocked it all over. Yeah, you know, and, and speaking of uh, Spider-Man and Chip Zdarsky, in in his run of uh, uh, Peter Parker, the Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, there's one where Peter travels back to the '90s, and when <laughs> he does that, he wears that that stupid outfit that he's always wearing in the animated series. Oh my word! Yeah, so that was so funny that they was such a deep cut. I liked it. Sometimes that show will try to like they try to show how fast spider-man is by going through the city and it's like the cgi oh i know that and it's just like early 1994 yeah. 95 it CGI reminds me of like going to the movies and that like get your popcorn roller coaster oh, thing. Yeah. That's, that's what it looks like it's terrible so, yeah it is terrible so, okay. but i didn't realize uh hank is area is eddie brock slash venom oh i didn't realize that either and ed asner is uh jj jameson hmm my son and I have been watching the current Spider-Man, the Disney Disney Spider-Man, uh, yeah. just called Spider-Man, which How's that going? I was a little not that into at the beginning, but now it's getting more and more into it. It's uh, the, they did a whole like black suit arc, and right now they're doing mm-hmm. like the rise of Doc Ock, and it's actually it's pretty decent. It's pretty mm-hmm. decent. I don't mm-hmm. think it's I don't think it's doing anything that spectacular Spider-Man didn't do, but mm-hmm. you know, so far it's uh, it's fun and it's fun tech- for my son and I to watch together. Um, so anyway, well, I didn't expect yeah. to end talking about Spider-Man, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised either. Congratulations. So, <laughs> all right. Well, on the next proper episode of the All the Book Show, we're going to be talking all things Animorphs and K.A. Applegate. Mm-hmm. And then the week after that, it's finally our special interview with uh, 1970s Shazam, Mr. John Davy. We talk all about his uh, his time working with Lucille Ball and the uh, Rockford Files and all sorts of 70s TV glory. So that's a lot yeah. of fun. All actors out there, if you worked with Lucille Ball, please contact Nick. Please do. Yeah, you, you know where to find me. SoundCloud.com so. slash all the books or, uh, all the books or Twitter. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks, buddy. I think that's going to do it for this week's on the, on the Off the Books, and we'll see everybody next time around. Mm-hmm.